HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. 2019 is Heritage Radio Network's 10th birthday, and we've got a lot to celebrate. We need your support to bring you another year of the best in food radio. Help HRN ring in its second decade by becoming a member today. Go to heritageradionetwork.org donate. Today's program is brought to you by Corin, a supplier of Japanese chef knives and restaurant supplies. For more information, visit corin.com. Hello, welcome to Japanese. I'm your host, Aki Kotema, a food writer and the director of the New York Japanese Culinary Academy, which promotes a deeper understanding of Japanese cuisine in America. This show is all about Japanese food and food culture. We see sushi at every deli in the supermarket, but what is beyond sushi? We hear dashi, ramen, izakaya, but what exactly are they? Japanese food is still a mystery for many people, so I'll try to demystify it in this program with my cool guests. Um, we normally do a show from our studio in Brooklyn, but today we'll broadcast an episode of Manga Sensei, which is one of the most popular Japanese language learning po- podcasts. The host, John Dinkel, majored in Japanese language in college and lived in Japan for a while as well. So he has deep experience in Japanese language and culture. If you're willing to learn Japanese, I suggest that you subscribe to John's super approachable and effective podcast, Manga Sensei, on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. John kindly invited me to his podcast as a guest, and we had a fun conversation about Japanese food culture. Hope you'll find this episode a nice little window to pick into Japanese mindset and culture. I love I'm your host, John Sensei, and today, like every day, I'm breaking down the world's best language. And today, I'm talking to one of the movers and shakers in the Japanese community. She is a world-renowned, I don't know, you're world-renowned a lot of things. You are a writer, you are going. You are, have been on television, you conduct the um, Japanese Food Society in New York. You have, are a podcaster. What don't you do? It might be a better question. <laughs> I'm blushing. I don't know. It's some word, whatever. But uh... <laughs> so, but thank you. You might do a better job, Akiko. Why don't you tell the uh, the audience who you are? Um, I am. 
uh, writer, specialized in food and beverage. Uh, I've been covering um, New York City and American uh, food scenes, and as well as um, I am a, a podcast and radio show host and producer at the Heritage Radio Network, which is based in New York. And um, I uh, write for uh, Forbes magazine, other English publications, um, actually Forbes.com, that's the online version. And right. I do consulting for the Japanese government and the Japanese food business industry, uh, all about eating and drinking. Which is a huge part of culture in of itself. Akiko is an amazing writer, a fantastic podcaster. This is one of the few of the podcasts that I have on my personal podcast list. Like, I will openly tell you my podcast list. I have Japan History, I have Tokyo Podcast, I have your podcast, Japan Eats, and then I also have um, um, Tim Ferriss' podcast and um, a Japanese podcast about startups. In Japanese that I really like listening to. Mm, thank you. So yeah, I forgot to say my uh, podcast and radio show is called the Japanese. <laughs> thank you for saying that. <laughs> of course, of course. And if you haven't checked it out yet, everything we talk about here as well as her podcast and all of her links will be put down below in the show notes. So if you want to go check her out and all the wonderful things she's doing, in fact, some of the fun things that she'll be doing here soon as well will also be listed there so you can connect with her. She's fantastic and I'm sure you're going to enjoy this interview. But to start off, I do have to ask you an important question. Why food? Um, because it's the, I think, uh, the biggest uh, common denominator for among human society, like everybody, even animals. <laughs> so if you talk about food, everybody's eyes start, start to sparkle and you make friends. Mm -hmm. So I think that's, um, that's the reason. I mean, it's interesting. And it's one of those, th I think it's one of those things as well that not only brings people together and makes their eyes sparkle, but it's also comforting. Everyone likes food. There's nothing controversial that much about food. And it's really just something that it's, there's no bad part about food that I can really think of unless you eat too much of it. Mm, that could happen often, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> but also I think we have to, you know, eat every day. Everybody is every day. And mm -hmm. that's why it's always uh, the center of uh, culture in any society, I think. Mm -hmm. I agree. You know, I actually learned something the other day. I was watching um, some kind of documentary, I believe, and um, it was Alton Brown um, made a comment, and it really surprised me. He told me a statistic. Um, he said after 9-11... Um, in the United States, New York, they had um, the biggest boom in the, on the Food Channel mm -hmm. because after that terrible thing happened, no one wanted to watch the news. No one wanted to watch, you know, the political stuff. No one wanted to watch football. What they wanted was something simple and good and happy. Mm -hmm. And what could be better, good, and happy than food? Right. Interesting because I still remember right after – you know, 9-11, all those expensive restaurants are gone. Then mm -hmm. what came out really popular was very comforting, you know, interior, owners are really friendly, and the food is to be shared, and everything changed after 9-11, in that sense, for the better. So it's more sharing, it's more comforting, like you said. So, yeah, you're right. Very... Um, 
important part to make your life happier, more relaxing, and uh, physically make your energy too. Yeah, I agree. And I th it's, it's something that a lot of people, when they, I talk to people about going to Japan and learning Japanese, since this is a kind of a Japanese focused podcast, they, they always ask me what, you know, when you go to Japan, the first thing you learn is you learn how to introduce yourself and then you learn your favorite things and you learn your favorite food. And of course, when you first go to Japan, you don't know what your favorite foods are. Heck, you don't know what any of the foods are outside of sushi and maybe like, I don't know. I think some people know chicken katsu or something. <laughs> right. Or ramen, of course. Ramen. Ramen, of course. But the ramen they've had is kapo ramen, which, which really shouldn't count. <laughs> yeah, that's more like, uh, yeah, that's, that's not. <laughs> I mean, maybe. But, you know, well, it could be. <laughs> Depending on it's who true. you are. But, yeah. Right. So if, if someone listening right now is thinking about get, they're just starting to kind of get adventurous with their food or they want to get more into Japanese food, where do you recommend they start? I mean, they have the, this whole world they really haven't explored yet. And if they wanted to start in this, where would they go? Um, well, that's an interesting question, right? Everybody knows this right now, but I heard right. after World War II, everybody's scared of eating raw fish. So mm. I would, if you just land in Japan, like, or Tokyo, or Osaka, anywhere, you just go to a right. convenience store, because even 7-Eleven in Japan, yeah. they are a treasure box. It's really sandwiches oh gosh, to bento. It's everything so high quality. And you can get <laughs> any of those things uh, from, I don't know, a dollar to five dollars, and you really have a good meal. So you oh, can yeah. you can see the food, and you can taste anything you want at the lower cost and then that's the beginning of the adventure oh yeah i remember when i first found some of the treasures at the convenience store the combine i think it was family mart and i found chocolate chip melon pan mm. <laughs> Ooh, i missed that i missed that oh, it was so good mm. yeah the other thing is that you know bakeries so oh, yeah. yeah if you're still scared of Playing, reading Japanese traditional food. If you go to bakery, people say that's better than even Europe, and they have their own Japanese version of the pastries. And Japanese mm -hmm. bread is fluffier and uh, kind of flavored, sweeter. So maybe that's oh, another yeah. way to go. Yeah, I think that's really. I think particularly for like a, maybe a American or even my Australian audience, it's kind of easy to go from you know breads to trying Japanese bread. Try the. Uh, uh, the, the sandwiches try the uh their croissants try their little things that are covered in wonderful glorious drizzly wonderfulness it's uh oh man i'm, I'm this is going to be the hungriest i have ever been while recording a podcast <laughs> yeah well that's funny because i i first thing i do when i land in japan i have a big taste memory of japanese uh you know, ampan, it's a, you know, stuffed, ah, you know, yeah, red bean. Yeah, just bread, fluffy Japanese style bread. And uh, I like the Yamazaki brand for some reason. And that's uh -huh. the first thing I just go straight to the convenience store. I get it. And at the hotel room, I, I bite into it. I'm back uh. home. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. The first thing I usually get off the plane, honestly, the last time I went to Japan last year, the first thing that I did when I went into the country is I walked into the convenience store. I got myself some momosui, mm. and 
I also bought myself an onigiri, just mm. just a tsunamayo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, by the way, you know the wrapping of onigiri and convenience store. Oh. I had this one guy who developed, you know, separating rice and nori seaweed so that uh-huh. nori doesn't get wet and sticky. So he yeah. got the patent and it's every time someone eats it, he's just like making money, even the scent or something is really <laughs> so yeah, that's a... That guy is probably the world's smartest guy because it's true. You tear, like you have to like tear the package along a line and then it like pulls it out and then the the nori the seaweed uh, touches the rice for the first time and it's mm-hmm. just wonderful. Yeah, and I, I really think that that's the really symbolic invention of Japanese mindset. Once you think, wow, there's something I want to improve, Ooh, think of it. Right? That's <laughs> pretty. Right. Um, um, I think it's pretty um, complicated process they made it as a product easy to operate but who would come up i'm sure there are thousand trials and errors and to come up with that product oh yeah and i think that's really the 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 course of it is japanese are really good at taking things improving upon them and not only taking that but definitely somehow it just becomes more japanese when it gets taken into that country and gets adopted into into japan japan doesn't just take things and adopt it japan takes things and absorbs them Mm. So I think in the, for the better or worse, it's an obsession. So that's the nature of Japanese personality, <laughs> I think. <laughs> and I think that's actually a perfect segue to talk, talking a little bit about the person, the personality of, of food as it comes not only from, from west to east, but also from east to west as it comes into the United States. Um, you're, you're famous for logging in the food scene, especially in New York and for being really on top of that ball there. But um, are, what are, what are people, what's the, uh, if I were to kind of jump on the front edge of the Japanese food scene, where would I find myself right now? In America. You mean? Yes. Um, well, I think, uh, well, the United States is just a United States means I think that it, depending on where you go, you see different things, but um, beyond sushi and ramen in New York city, I think expensive kaiseki restaurants are thriving. Yeah. Um, like check coverage 20, $250 or something like that. I'm not saying it's right. for everybody, but there is a um, group of diners who can appreciate the delicacy of classic basic cuisine. And mm-hmm. also, you know, if you go to Kyoto, I'm sure a lot of people already experienced Kyoto basic cuisine. So right. they want to find the same thing. So it's really uh, the result of global um, movement. Everybody troubles, everybody can find information over the internet. So I think yeah. it's exciting, although I wish uh, prices are a little lower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I've, I I remember when I had Kaiseki for the first time and just, it's it's amazing, not only the attention to detail, because I think that's what a lot of people touch on for like the first time they try Kaiseki, because there's, I mean, everything's in season. Everything ha- is sourced from a particular place and those Every little part has been thought of when it comes to Kaiseki, right? Mm. Um, but the part that really, really surprised me was um, I went to a, it was a very small restaurant in uh, Nagoya, and the chef was a gentleman. He was um, he was a 
Zainichi, Kankokujin,、mm. and he was a very, very entertaining gentleman. It was just hilarious. <laughs> and it was almost, he would, he would sat behind this little bar, and there w a s probably like seven of us in the restaurant. And he, would, he went to each person and made the food. But there was also like something he, he talked about how he thought about it and what, and he, he told jokes along the thing. It was, it, actually, it was a wonderful experience for me being introduced to that high level of culture for the first time, but also seeing the, the mixture as Japan be, not only is. Unified in food, but also the, spe- the specificity of just the food in Nagoya.、Mm, right. So that's, that's the thing, right?、Um, we, we say kaiseki, but if you go to Kyoto,、um, kaiseki is different from kaiseki in Tokyo because, like, for instance,、mm-hmm. there are about 40 different Kyoto specified vegetables, Kyoyasai.、Yeah. And kaiseki, like you said, it's all about seasonality and the local,、mm-hmm. like, local sustainable. Um, ingredients. So, yeah, that's、right. regionality. It's really a big part of Japanese cuisine. So, that's why I think people should get out of Tokyo and then try to find new,、um, different fish, vegetables, or whatever you find. What do you think is a particular hidden gem in Japan when it comes to Japanese food that most people won't probably think of outside of, of course, like ramen and sushi?、Mm, that's a big question.、Um, Well, it's、um, like, well, if you go to Izakaya, right, you get to see a、right. whole bunch of different things and、mm-hmm. uh, that you can find at、uh, someone's house, you know, table at someone's house. So it's,、um, I don't know, it's、uh, classic names of dishes like yakiniku, yakitori. Outside sushi and ramen, there are things、mm-hmm. you started to see in the United States or in other countries outside Japan. But、um, I think the essence of what's not known is the regional cuisine. Even if I travel, let's say,、right. you know, you know just the Japan seaside, which is different from、uh, you know, Pacific Ocean,、oh, yeah. and you find something like、uh, Nodogoro, which is a very specific fish. Um, only,、yeah. you know, you can only find it on in the Japan seaside. So, those things I think is more interesting. And also, if you have miso soup, if you go to、yeah. different regions, Nagoya has a mami miso, which is bean based. And、yes. if you go to so different, you know, variations. So, miso soup can be completely different from the east to west. Those little things, but significant differences. Uh, that we, we really represent the you know, cultural、um, you know, diversity within Japan. I think it's something、right. I really want people to experience and see. No, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I think once you explore a little bit outside of Kanto and you get a little bit outside of like Osaka, and Kansai is wonderful. I love the Kansai area particularly.、Mm. Um, But once you venture a little bit beyond that and go to Nagano, go to、um, Tohoku, go to Sapporo, when you, get, when you venture into you know,、uh, Hira Takayama or wherever you are and finding you know, the, the, what, are they, what are called the Tokusanhin, the, special, the specialty things in that area, is that's when you kind of get the quintessence、mm. of life in Japan. Right. Yeah, like, you know, the, when it comes to sake and shochu, if you go to Kyushu, 
you have plenty of amazing shochu because that's where oh, yeah. it's produced. And whereas you go to Niigata, they have a different style of sake called the Niigata Tane, which is lighter and cleaner version of sake versus other regions. Right. So I think it's really fun to discover the regional diversity in, in Japan. I agree. I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I think if I could give any advice to people listening right now, it would be leave the big city for a second and go have food at a small restaurant on the side of a road mm. in the middle of the, in the middle of nowhere. And they'll have good food and that's make sure it's local food or whatever you're looking for. But just even this, the difference in basic ramen from place to place. I'm, I'm not the biggest foodie in the world. My wife is a crazy foodie, mm. but she's, I mean, just ha- having not only the food, but the experience there is something that you can't replicate. Mm. Right. Indeed. Okay, so one more thing before we jump to I, I for people who follow this podcast, I try to do things in kind of two halves, one in English half and one kind of Japanese half. And um, before we jump into the Japanese half, I do want to talk about um, where you're going to be on uh, Netflix. Oh, um, just for a quick second. Okay, so um, there's going to be a um, um, food competition, like you know, world famous chefs compete uh, over ten episodes. Uh, which is coming out in November. The title is uh, The Final Table. And uh, mm-hmm. I'll be a judge on a Jap- Japan episode. So, yeah. So, hopefully, uh, your listeners can uh, take a look and enjoy the, the episode. And also, I'm, I'm sure it's a good, really good, great whole 10 episodes would be amazing. So... I, I'm super excited, and what and, and I, I, you don't have to give us any spoilers because I know you probably can't give us any spoilers. But um, I, it's it's this is there anything that they should maybe watch for or maybe pay attention to? Um, well, I think there are ten episodes, meaning each episode has different theme, and mm-hmm. uh, I mean like UK or Spain or Brit, um, you know Mexico, and Japan is one of them. So, um, yeah, the Japanese episode features certain cuisine, which I cannot say right now. Right, of course, but, I understand. Yeah, but uh, you learn um, the culture, I hope, and I'm sure. I mean, other episodes as well. So mm. that's awesome, and we and I will again put that down the show notes down below. As long as that when it gets out, I'll make sure to put a post on the website mangadesensei.com, um, where you can check that out as well, which will be super super fun. I'm excited. I I love watching Japanese food being made, and only thing I like more than that is eating it because I'm really good at eating Japanese food. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. <laughs> yeah, so so the, the show is again called the, the Final Table. So hope uh, your audience can enjoy it. Next year, Heritage Radio Network is turning ten. For the last decade, we've been committed to bringing listeners around the world the very best in food radio, for free. Our small staff and incredible network of hosts work hard so that listeners can tune in each week to hear the important conversations in food policy, stay on the cutting edge of cocktail culture, and hear the latest updates in food tech. But there is no HRN without the support of listeners like you. Become a member of Heritage Radio Network today and help HRN get a strong start to our second decade. Choose from exclusive member gifts and stay in the loop on discounts to upcoming events. There's no better time to show your support. Go to heritageradionetwork.org donate 
and wish HRN a happy birthday. Today's program is brought to you by Corin, a supplier of Japanese ship knives and restaurant supplies. Corin is proud of their Japanese culture and traditions, but they want you to know that their products are not just for Japanese restaurants. Their knives and tableware bring out the best qualities of food from every culture and fit into every restaurant, from French to Pan Asian to American, and that is why they are located in New York City, where people from every country in the world come to eat. Corin's Tribeca showroom is home to the most extensive collection of Japanese chef knives in the world, including Japan. Stop by to view the exquisitely designed tableware and the wireless natural sharpening stones. They have a whole range of knife services, from repair and rust removal to reshaping and realigning. Corin is dedicated to this ideal, bringing the highest quality Japanese design to your table so you can experience the unparalleled quality of Japanese craftsmanship in your home or restaurant. For more information, visit coin.com. With that, now, if you are a new, new listener to the podcast, I am going to go into full Japanese here. We're going to t- just touch on English at the very, very end to kind of kind of talk, to summarize what we talked about, give a gaio. But um, if you are a new learner of Japanese, um, don't be afraid of this part of the podcast. Uh, it's, it's a great opportunity to listen and do some practice. If you are wonderful at Japanese and are better than me, which is very, very likely, um, this is a great opportunity to hear a native speaker speak as well as talk on some interesting topics. And if you're somewhere in between where the most of us are, it's great practice to be able to see how sentences kind of form together. So don't be afraid. And if you are afraid, you can skip right till the end and kind of go back from there. But with that, I know... あの、秋子さん。はい、お願いします。はい。それではですね、あの、最近あの、フォーブスオンライン<笑><笑><笑> うん。<笑><笑><笑> あの、まあ、その、フィフステイストっていう、まあ、これまでその、まあ、西洋の社会では、あえて名前がなかったものを、その、まあ、生きる、生きる、生きる、生きる、生きる、生きる、生きる、生きる、生きる、生きる、生きる、
。だからそ,う、ねうん、その辺がやっぱりそのうまみっていうのはたまたま日本語ですけどでそういう意味でそのまあうまみという言葉が広がっていくっていうのはまあ大事なことですよね。<笑>というのはそのうまみっていう言葉を意識してると、はい、その他のまあ例えば、なんか物足りないなと思って、お塩かけてもまだ足りない。ま、もっとお塩をかけてまだ足りない。でも、はい、ちょっとこう、その、お塩の代わりに旨味の成分を足すと、ちょっとこう、チーズをかけるとか、それだけで、うん、体にも優しく美味しいものが食べられるっていう、うん、まあそういうところが旨味ですね、きっと。そうですねあのこれをはじは初めて聞くのはやはりにあの日,本日本でしたがあのそういう言葉があのにアメリカの外来語になってすごいアメリカの料理文化にインパクトがありましたね。うん、そうですね、まあ、でも今、そのうまみっていうのは、まあ、だしっていう言葉がありますよね。特にラーメンのだしとか、はい、最近よく聞きますけど。はいではいだしっていうのはそのうまみのもとで、で、だいたい昆布と、その、はいえー、昆布と鰹節。で、昆布、はい、あの、ドライ、ドライドボニーと、で、それはやっぱり合わさると、こう、うまみは相乗効果、そのシナジーがあるので、まあ、はい、ますますそのうまみが高まって、それでも、だしっていうのが和食の基本になってる。ですよね、うん、そういう意味ではその出汁を使わない和食の料理っていうのはほとんどないぐらいだし、はい、なのでそういう意味ではうまみっていうのは和食のもうファウンデーションになってるっていうふうに思っていいと思うんですよね。はいうんそれでもう一度あのあの特産品の話にも,もに戻るんですけれどもあの東京には昔特産品がありましたねそれでもまだあるでしょうかあの東京がそれがあるかちょっとわからないですね。うーん。なんでしょうね。すごい、あの、東京が日本一体の料理に入ってやるかもしれないですので、あの、東京の特産品は一体何でしょうかうーん。それは、うーん、なんでしょうね。まあでも、そういう意味では、江戸前寿司。えー、お寿司ことないそういう江戸前ってその江戸って昔の東京の名前ですよね。そうですね、うんはい、で東京が江戸だった頃に、えーはい、江戸前そのお寿司っていうのは今の握り寿司っていうのは東京で生まれたんですよね。はい、あそうですか握り寿司はそうでした。そうなんですね江戸前っていうのはその前はそのビフォーアですよね。うんはい、で東京湾東京ベイのビフォー東京ベイっていうので江戸前。の寿司っていうのはそのそういう、うん、作り方は江戸前って言うんですかその,、うん、その握りはなあの江戸前寿司ですかそう握り寿司イコーイコー江戸前寿司のことですそうなんです初めて聞きました、うん、だから関西ではあの握り寿司って言ったら江戸前っていうのは厳密に言うと間違い、はい、うーん面白いですね、うん、そうですあのやはりおのののところに,に行くとあの特別特産品と,いうとかあの特別あの解析みた,いみたいな料理があるんですけれどもそういう大きな都市特に東京と大阪特別な料理があるのかあのすごい
あの印象がありますね。あの日本のキーソンにあの設立するしあの、海外にも東京に行って日本はどの料理があるのか少し紹介してくれるんですね。うんやっぱりそうですね、そのさっきも言ったようにその地方の料理って本当に面白いし、はい、その例えば大阪の,そのお好み焼きとか焼きそばとか、そのカジュアルなその商人、はい、いわゆるその、はいまあ、コマースが発展したときに生まれた一般大衆の、その、ジャーナルパブリックの、こう、生み出した、安くて美味しい料理っていうのが、やっぱり大阪にはいっぱいありますよね。うそうですね。うん、でも、それが、あの、やはり、話が二つあるんですねこ。こういう話で。あの、外国、あの、日本の、あの、外国に向かっている料理,料理と、日本の以内に向かっている料理ですね。あのやはり外国人に考え日本の料理に考えているとやはり寿司とラーメンについても話し合ったんですけれどもあの日本の以内特別と決まっている料理もありますね特例えばおせちとかうんそうですね、まあ、おせちも海外で作るとすごく高いですよね<笑>か確かにそうですねうんもういくつともあるんですよなんか12ぐらいですねおせちって。うん、やっぱり、伊達巻きとか、えーそう、全部買うと、なんか200ぐらい、200ドルとかになっちゃいますよね、きっと。まあ、でも、おせちって、うんあの、リスナーの方、ご存知でしょうか、そのえー、お正月の最初の3日間は、うんはい、その家庭の主婦、うん、ハウスワイフが、もう何にもしなくていい,、はい、料理しなくていいように、お休みできるように、お餅ですね。あそうお,そおせちとお餅とお雑煮、はい。だからそのおせちっていうのは、こう弁当ボックスみたいなそのお重っていう重ねた弁当ボックスに詰まってますよね。で,ねはいはいはい、で、それはその3日間、そのしっかり料理が、あの、濃い味付けになってるので、まあ、はい、その主婦が、そのハウスワイフがその3日間、もう、そのお正月3日間をお祝いするだけで、うん、<笑>厨房にキッチンに立たなくてもよくてっていうそのためのお料理なので、うん、やっぱり、はい、そう種類も多いしでもそれ作るのに1週間ぐらいかかるんですよね<笑>全部作ると確かにそうですね<笑>アメリカは在<笑>客ですねアメリカの感謝祭とかテンクスギビングに考えてるとかあの家内がよくなんか料理を作ってくれてにあのにカフあのずっとあの料理したりベーキングしたりそしてあの、センスキビンのミネラル食べる一緒に、ただ家内が休むだけで。<笑>そう、いいことですよね、それは。<笑>うん。それで、あの、日本、日本のなんかおせちに考えてると、なんか年越し相場とかあるんですね。うん、そうですね。うん。まあ、でも、おせちと一緒に、まあ、年越しっていうのは、その。はい、まあ。日本人にとってお正月、そのニューイヤーっていうのは、はい、やっぱりその今年の運命を決める。だからそのラッキーな年にしたければ、はい、少しでもこう、縁起がいい、縁起がいい、その、ラッキー、はい、ラッキーチャームみたいな、そういう。ラッキーチャームみたいな、はい、そうですね。そういうその料理の中でも、例えばその、まあなんだろう。まあその年越しそばを例にとると、こう長い、長く伸びますよね。はい、おそばって長いから、長生きする。はいロングライフとロングムーロンスっていうそういう意味を込めて年越しそばを食べるとかなんかいろいろこう文化的な意味が一
つ一つにあるんですよねお正月のお料理には。はい、それは本当にあの日本に特別にあるんですね、あのおせちとかあのそういうあの季節による料理が変わってくるんですね。あのやはりなんか夏の間、夏の間やはりなんかそうめんとか食べれるし、そしてあの冬になって,なってしまうと、あの正月に来るとあのおせちとかそれもあ,るありますし、でも日本が特に特別に季節を気にしていますね。うんそうですね。やっぱりその、アメリカのようにこう、消費社会、まあ、コンスーマーサイドってみんな言いますけど、そういうその、はい、豊かな、特にその、まあ、はい、ね、大事に、ワールドワー2の後に、こう、はい、豊かになったような社会じゃなかったですよね。日本ってその、小さいし、そ,、ね、その、資源もないし、はい、だから何でも無駄にしなくて、季節のものを、こう、食べて、で、たくさん取れたものは全部こう加工食品のプロセスフードにして、はい、その漬物、ピコスとか、なんかそういうふうにこう無駄のない、はいえー、食生活、まあ、つましいってこう、はい、なんかプアって言いますけど、フルーガンな、そういうやっぱり日本の食文化、<笑>無駄にしない、何もこう、なぜにすべにしてるっていう、そういう形が、すごく日本の伝統の食生活の中にあると思うんですよね。だから、はいはいうん、それはやっぱり季節のものを食べることによって、その、まあ、生活が成り立っていき、その季節のものへのこう感謝とか、その、まあ、敬意とか、そういう、なんだろう、その、バンティー、ネイチャーって、そういうところにすごくこう価値観を生み出しているのが日本人だと思うんです。はい。うんうんですね、もうお腹空いてきました<笑>私も空いてきました<笑>日本のコン,ビニコンビニでも結構ですね今のところでうんそうですねいやでも日本のコンビニ本当にいいですよね美味しいうんでもそ日本のコンビニってアメリカのコンビニは全然違うですねあのアメリカのコンビニってただなんかガスですねガスとなんかスラーピーなんかソーダも飲めるんですけどそれでお酒もあるんですが日本ではなんかベーカリーみたいな,かんな,あなんかお菓子もいっぱいあ,あってお酒もあるんですけど何でもコンビニで買えるみたいだうん本当にあの質のいいものも売ってるし例えば、爪切り、その、ネイクイッパー一つ買っても、すごくいい質のものが安く買えたりとか、はい、<笑>うん、コンビニは楽しいですね。うん、なかなか楽しいですね。うん、じゃあ、そろそろ終わらせないといけないですので、あの、最後には、あの、もし、あの、あのこの伊豆に話し合ったんですけれども、あの、間違いの話ですね。はい。<笑>あの、僕の観客じゃなくてあの、聞いていらっしゃる観客になるたい人が多分いるので、あのでも、日本の料理でも、日本語のお話でも、ちょっと怖いに考えてしまうかもしれないので、あのこのポッドキャストの前に話し,話し合ったんですけど、そういう間違いについて、そしてどうどう、避ける、避けるというわけないですけど、かそういう間違いに考えてると、どう思いますかうんそ,うそれはですね、あのやっぱり、まあ、特に日本人の人って、あの多分<笑>日本人の完璧主義ってあると思うんですよ。私も,もう日本で英語勉,、はい、勉強して、で
、まあ、試験も一緒に、まあ、みんなすごく勉強してるから、本当は話そうと思えば話せると思うんですけど、やっぱり話さない。はい、でそれはまあ多分日本人でもアメリカ人でも何人でも、やっぱりこう間違いは怖いですよね。はい、でも、うんそれ、そういう考え、私はもう全然間違いを恐れないくなったのは、その、まあ、ニューヨークに引っ越してきたときに、はい、えーはい、まあ、両親とこう、コミュニケーションを取るには、ファックスしかなかったんです、はい、その当時。っていうのは、うちの両親、メールをやらなかったので、はい、<笑> E メールがなくて、はい、で、文章で伝えたいときはファックスしかなかったんですよね。はい。うんね、で,で、その、まあ、電話会社が何かの間違いで、こう、そのファックスを、の伝達を切ってしまったんです。で、はい、まあ私はちょっとこう、まあ戸惑うは激怒するわで、で、はい、まあ電話会社にこう、まあ電話したんですよね。で、その時私はもうニューヨークに来たばっかりだったし、はい、その前はその、まあイギリスに住んでて、その時も多分日本、日本な、日本人のアクセントもあれば、はい、イギリスの英語のアクセントもあって、なんかもう、<笑>もうどうしていいかわからない。でも、やっぱりこう必死になると、もう物事をこう伝えて、で、決着をつけるっていうことができるように、なるんですよね。だから、もう、なせばなるって日本語のそのフレーズがありますけど、まあ、はい、言葉なんて道具であって、ものが片付けばいい。はい、ゲリッダンで、それができるっていうことに、その経験を通じて学んで、もう、間違いは全然恐れていません。そうですね。間違いは進歩ということは理解すればするほど、自分が信仰ができるということですね。うん、本当にそうですよね。で、やっぱり間違えると、その、人の間違えている気持ちもわかるし、人にも優しくなれるし、なんかそういう意味で、こう、はい、まあ人生豊かになっていくんじゃないかと思いながら間違いを繰り返して、うん、<笑>全然、はばからないですけど、はい。<笑>自分がパーフェクトにならないから、自分ができる限りパーフェクトにしましょう。うん、そうですよね。まあ、言葉ってやっぱりただのツールじゃないですか。うん、うん、そうですね。そう。だから、ただに言うともう一人でも多くの人と出会って話をして、コミュニケーションができれば、やっぱりそれだけで十分だと思うんですよね。はいうん、僕,も僕もそう思います。これをポッドキャスト始めた時も、1年前ちょっとでし,でしたが、そういう時にあこ、まあ、今までにもう、まだ日本語流中に話せないんですが、それが自分ができる、自分が日本人と直接話せる、他の外国人どうやって日本語を話せるのか、ちょっと自分でできるから決まって、それだんだんこれはすごい楽しいな、うん、<笑>プロジェクトになりましたね。そうですよね。で、そうして話していくと、その日本人が大事にしているもの、例えばその日本人って、直接に英語みたいにものを言わないですけど、でもそれはその相手へのリスペクトとか、はい、その、そうですね、うん。そういうことが、だんだんその、完璧じゃなくても、こう、はい、言葉を交わすことによって伝わってきて、うん、どんどんまた、相手のことがわかるようになる。だからもう、文法とか、はい、その知らない言葉とかっていうのは問題じゃなくて、そういうふうにこう伝えようとすると、うんやっぱり本当の意味でコミュニケーションができるようになると思います。はい、そうですね、うん。それはなかなかいい話だけではなくてアドバイスですね。ありがとうございます。<笑>こちらこそありがとうございます。<笑>
それでは皆さん、I will have to end, it, end here, but thank you so much for li- listening. I really enjoyed having Akiko on. She's wonderful, and if you didn't get the whole thing there in Japanese, make sure to go back and go over places. I stuttered during my last question super, super bad, but that's okay because we are all totally down for making mistakes because it's after 10,000 mistakes that you become fluent, whether it's learning another language, whether it's、um, learning about Japanese food culture or making food yourself.、Um, you have to make those mistakes to be able to move forward. With that, though, I will sign off. And、uh, Akiko, I'll give you the last word to everybody here on Manga Sensei.、Mm, so, again, language is just a tool. So, then enjoy and、uh, go out and visit Japan and eat Japanese food. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and、uh, next time I'm in New York, you have to show me around.、Oh, definitely. Yeah, there are crazy good Japanese restaurants here, too. Plenty of them. So, I look forward to having you here. It'll be fun. I'll be, I'll, I'll, you'll be waiting for me, I hope, at the airport, and we'll just go straight to the restaurant. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> awesome. All right, I'm going to go to the airport. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please, Join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. <laughs>